So right now the A's are up six to zero. It is nine forty-seven p.m. on June second, Wednesday, June second. Pacific time. Shh. Is there any other time? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, because of my work, I've had to make adjustments. Oh, really? Is like the corporate office and everything on? Yeah. There. New York. Start over. I don't want to talk about my work. Okay, I'll bleep it out. Uh, anyway, keep rolling. I'll keep it in, but I'll bleep it out. Um, oh, Sean's going for the complete game! Uh, yeah, I was just about to say that. So it's the ninth inning, and he's still in. He just struck out someone who I missed. Um, Kyle oh, Seager. Kyle Seeger. Look at that. So let's see if he – we will update you on if he goes to the complete game. Not that it matters because by the time that this podcast comes out, you'll already know if he did or not. Um, but welcome to the town tailgate. Uh, I'm Chris Madrigal, and that's Julio Reynoso, brought to you by Around the Diamond Podcast Network, baby. It's the Julio, rock. I'll let you. I'll let you do all of the uh, all of the uh, follow us on blah 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 blah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's all the jargon. So yeah, make sure to, if you're not already, it. it is a one and it's a two. The double play and that's double the ball game. play and that's the ball game. Dude, show sure, yeah, that was game. awesome. 110 pitches. He is hyped up, <laughs> yelling right now. He Fuck is yeah. Hyped up. Yeah, it is great. Ooh, he's got a lot of. Uh, he's got a lot of gunk on his hat. Uh, he does, but. Whatever. <laughs> anyways, anyways, make sure to subscribe and, and rate wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify. Make sure that you are subscribing on YouTube so you can see our beautiful faces. And also make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at the town tailgate. Chris, what do we got today? And go ahead and make it a little bit longer because I have to post on our Twitter account since the game. All right, go ahead. I'll, yeah, you do. You have to do our classic end of the game uh, post. Well, I will say for um, one thing, we're just happy that you listen to us. So however you listen to us, that's great. Uh, but let 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 <laughs> us know on that platform so that we can um, get more love. All right, so today we are going to talk about Team USA, who has put together their. Um, roster for the Olympic run. They have been training over here down in LA at Jackie Robinson. Whoops, <laughs> Jackie Robinson Stadium and UCLA's complex. It's a great complex. I was telling Julio earlier today. I have shot there before for a commercial. Very nice. Um, we had some controversial comments from Bob Brantley, former um, Arizona Diamondbacks manager. He said some things that are. We're going to talk about how racist they are. Um, pretty racist preview um about um something that marcus stroman was doing um and then of course we have some a's news some more i hate saying this i feel like every week we say this some more injured uh people added to the injured list it's like a weekly thing now uh bob melvin sets an amazing record um and then we're gonna kind of uh, let out some frustration this the latter half of the podcast um, with a segment that we're going to call Fuck This Shit, where we're just going to bitch about something that we're upset about because we've been on a roll of bad stuff lately. And then some way too early trade deadline talk. But first, Julio, did I stall long enough? No, because I forgot to put the gif. Oh, we'll delete it and do it again. But first, Julio, I'll go first. Yeah. Marcelo Zuna gets arrested for domestic violence against i don't know is this his wife or his girlfriend yes wife this is wife 
I didn't even know Marcelo Zuno had a wife. Um, I yeah, this is a tricky situation. I do not um, feel for uh, the Braves organization at all whatsoever. Um, I mean, this is Addison Russell again. So I mean, I would assume that they're just going to handle it the exact same way as they did with Addison Russell. You know, they're going to maybe put him on suspension at first and potentially kick him off. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's always so weird. I feel like leagues always don't handle this situation very well because they always say, like, it's an ongoing investigation, so they want to wait until they kind of see the verdict. I know they claim to do their own investigation, but let's be honest. Like, they go based off of what um, criminal – law and how they approach the situation and they kind of weigh that in mixed with popular or uh pop uh sorry um soda pop view the view not soda pop the view of the uh the view of the um public so i don't know i mean i didn't even know this was a story until you told me yesterday yeah so this was kind of a shocking to me and I, I, that's a i think that's the big issue with this is that it's not a bigger story Maybe because it's baseball and people are just kind of like not big on baseball anymore. But this should be a bigger story. Like this is that's a big deal. Yeah. Domestic. I, I think I think they're just trying to cover up. So um, let's be real. Uh, it hasn't been. Well, it was its own fault that it's this has been a bad week because uh, right before he was arrested, he had actually landed on the IL. He had broken some fingers while sliding into third, I believe, hmm. and he's gonna be he was gonna be out until August. But now with these charges, he is arrested for um, a, a gra- aggravated assault by strangulation and battery. Uh, he had threatened mm. to kill her, his wife, and uh, she took his phone from the table, called nine one one with it. Um, and, and you know, it's just something weird about people with Osuna or Ozuna have a problem with domestic abuse. Um, you know, I, I hate to bring that person up as well. But um, it sounds like his career is over. I don't think we're going to see him play baseball again. Unless some team's going to be really desperate, really going to bring him up. But, you know, this isn't 10 years ago in professional sports anymore. Um, you can't get away with shit like this anymore. Think of, I think the real turning port in professional sports was Ray Rice. Uh, you know, dude, remember how awesome Ray Rice was? How great of a running back he looked and then mm-hmm. guess what yeah. everything was caught on camera and that was the end of his career he's never he hasn't played since then and um i don't want to be shocked if this was probably the last we've seen in major league baseball at least kareem hunt Zuna. came back but yeah rare occurrence there yeah that yeah that yeah yeah that's a whole sticky situation but did you like my michael babaro hmm while you're while you're talking do you listen to the Daily podcast? He does that whenever oh. people are talking. It's Michael Barbara from the Daily. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, but mm. when 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 he's talking to his guests, he'll be like, because mm. you know he wants to you know the listener to know that he's listening, like he's paying attention, but he doesn't want to interrupt them. I thought I nailed it. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to put some <laughs> a little bit of light and yeah. humor to this it's- very dark like um, subject. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I like I just can never wrap my head around. Um, how you could get so infuriated and go so far as to like legitimately threaten someone's the person that you supposedly love the most life, you know, like, like what could she have said 
like I don't I mean it's just so, like so weird like the, it, what does she, what dirt does she have on you to where you are like contemplating killing this person like that's so fucking I just I can't wrap my head around that I, it's maybe it's a different culture and a different you know mindset that I just don't I didn't grow up with so I don't understand but I that that's the thing that baffles my mind the most is like you always hear like what leads to this is it, the violence is like they threaten to kill the person just like what like what the fuck like you know if if she if she you know if you've been cheating on her or something like that who fucking cares like like just like let her let her put that out there in the public and you know at least you're still gonna have a job and not be in jail like <laughs> I don't know. That was a lighter mood yeah, on that. He's, um, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a absurd and ridiculous, and it just, it blows. I, I don't, I can't, I don't understand it. Yeah. Um. You know, I think we don't understand it because uh, we were raised right. You know, like you're an asshole, but like you're, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And those, yeah, but and I'm not those that angry either. But yeah, I mean, yes, yes, yes. I, 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 no, you, you, you're, you get angry, you're but not like a generalization. Not, you're making a generalization. You get angry when you miss fire cup. When I miss what? When you miss fire cup. Oh, oh yes, I do. You're right. See? I do get angry See? when that happens. Or, um, or when, when the A's don't make it past the ALDS. Yeah. Or when um, <laughs> Bowser gets strike three on you playing super mario baseball dude that's the fucking worst bro especially because bowser's the bad guy of the series so you're like this fucking guy this guy is the guy who strikes me out he's got ugh. he's like that's like bartolo cologne striking you out Ooh, that's a good analogy you know mm-hmm. who i was thinking of I, i'm on hope we can go on i'm tired of talking fuck this guy i hope he doesn't play again i hope he serves yeah. prison time and fuck him even more because he rejected a trade to come play for the A's like three, four years ago. That's so. right. Did do that. Um, but you know who reminds me a lot of Bartolo Colon after watching like a uh, John Boy breakdown of him? Hmm. Lance Lynn. All he Lance throws Lynn he... is not Lance Lynn is not that fat though. Well, one, I wasn't making it this a fat guy thing. Well, I mean, you, you it's waitest. hard not to make it's <laughs> my brother's but, fat. No. I've been, I've grown up with it. What do you want me to say? <laughs> but uh, no, like all he does is like, mid low 90s fastball cutters and like he's pretty much asking you to to eat these pitches because like oh this looks hittable mm-hmm. and just guys keep and missing it just it's moves like, the last minute like yeah it just moves to the left a little bit yeah it's because there's stuff on the ball <laughs> anyway we're gonna move on allegedly all right team usa has kicked off their um training camp um, they are playing, like I said earlier, just right down the road here, Jackie Robinson um, Stadium and UCLA's um, complex. Pretty cool. There's a lot of – so this is the – I was telling Julio this earlier. This is the best part about this team is there's a lot of, for the first time in a long time, a lot of familiar faces on this roster. It's not a bunch of minor league guys. It's like a combination. It There are a lot of minor league guys like um, – uh, Nick Allen is going to be from our minor league system. Shortstop is going to be playing on the team, but there's a lot of familiar faces. So I'm looking at the roster now. Yeah, I have it in front of me. So uh, some familiar, so familiar names for the A's: Nick Allen, our our top prospect, our shortstop prospect in AAA right now. He's going to be on the roster. Uh, former Oakland great Homer Bailey, 
Mm-hmm. And Edwin Dixon, who or Edwin Jackson, sorry, who had like, both those guys, huge pieces of of our team back in 2019. I love both those guys. Ed, I loved Edwin Jackson with the Homer A's, Bailey. Homer Bailey did great for us too, like for yeah. what we needed him for. Yeah, I, I'm kind of shocked they they don't have work. Uh, Matt Weeters, uh, you know, former top well, catcher. Edwin Jackson's 37. That's why he doesn't work. He's pretty old. Anyway, yeah, sorry, so is going. Mike Fires, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp's also 37 as well, mm-hmm. but like. This is a you know a lot of older familiar guys. David Robertson, former closer for the Yankees. Logan uh, Forsyth. Yep, Logan Forsyth, former Ray. Todd uh, Frazier. The Todd Father. <laughs> this uh, is so awesome. I Eddie love- Alvarez um, from the Marlins. Yeah, this is gonna be fun, Julio. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely tune in this Summer Olympics. I remember uh, the last time they had it because remember they got rid of it and then they brought it back. Last time they had it, I want to say it was 2008. I remember watching the game and just being like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, this is, like, this isn't fun to watch. And they weren't, like, like up-and-coming, like, big prospects for the minor leagues. They were, like, middle of the road. Like, they, you know, this is, like, their last shot. Like, they have two more years to either make it or, or not, you know? So, I think one guy I, I think people should really keep an eye out on in terms of, like, you know, besides Nick Allen, because this guy is potentially the future of, of the middle infield for the A's is uh, Matthew Liberatore. He is the lefty out of, he's a triple A for the Cardinals. But if you heard the name before, he was actually a part of the, excuse me, Rays organization. And he was shipped to St. Louis and they got um, Jose Martinez, who I don't know where Jose Martinez is playing at, but I'm saying, Hey, who Why'd you bring up the trade? That's kind of random. Well, the other guy who was a part of that trade was Randy Rosarena. So this oh, guy's going to be... wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so Matthew Liberatore, when that trade went down, was like super controversial. Holy they're like, shit. This, they're like, dude, this guy's going to be a future ace. He's going to be the lead in the rotation. You trade yeah. him. Well, they got Randy out of it. So, Yeah. Um, it just shows that the Rays are smarter than everybody else. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um and they still have, you know, f- so many fucking top prospects. Um, also, another name we didn't mention, John Jay. Um, John Jay and Matt Kemp will probably start in the infield or outfield. And then, I, you know, I'm looking at the infield. You know, Nick Allen might start at shortstop. I, I don't see anybody. The only other person who kind of plays his position is Logan Forsyth. Um, but I would imagine Logan's going to go to second because that's his true position. This will be fun, man. I'm gonna. I think it's. I'm going to enjoy this. And also uh, managed by former A's or Angels manager Mike Sosha. Mike Sosha. So I think the dude. Shout out this, John. Yeah, this is. I think this is a fantastic uh, learning experience for these young guys. I think this yeah. this is a win win for everybody. I think um, there's a potential that if one of these internet or one of these older dudes like a Matt Kemp could come out there and actually perform well, then yeah. hell, maybe when you get back, you might have like. A month of two of work at the end of this at the end of yeah. the road for you and for these minor league guys when you get to be on a bigger stage you can perform there i think a little more name recognition will help and it's going to be fantastic for baseball in general to have you know these unknown guys playing at this level and then two um just learning from these like these older players like these are yeah. former all-stars these are you know matt campbell's former on track MVP. to be a hall of famer before but who was MVP? Matt Kemp. No, he remember. Well, 
We'll we'll give him the technical MVP because that was the year Ryan Braun won it, but then he got busted for steroids. Oh, and like, that's right. Yeah. Nah, Matt Camp was MVP. Fuck that. <laughs> um, that's right. He got he got popped like was it a year and a half later or something like that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I would. I just want to say hats off to team U- to team USA base or USA baseball for doing this in an interesting way. They kind of did it similar to like they how they do the big three. You know, the big three basketball league. Let's get like. Some young, um, like G League players who like want to prove themselves, and then let's get like these old stars that'll bring in like people to watch. And like, I'm definitely gonna gonna tune in more this time around. Um, all right, move on so, to the next thing. Real quick before we go on, um, if you want to know, like, hey, what's the rest of the schedule for these games, Julio? Well, that's a great question. They were supposed that's to be playing question. tonight against Puerto Rico, and I'd imagine. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, ooh. Uh, they are. They are. Gonna they be, did play tonight against Puerto Rico. It got rained out. SPM plus. Oh, it was rained out. Is that that the end of what you're gonna say? It was rained no, out. no. I thought no. I was waiting for you to be like, oh, okay. No, um, they're gonna be they're rescheduling it tomorrow. It's too late for you for you all. Yeah. Um, but tomorrow at eight well, a.m. Uh, Julio tweeted out. Tweeted out. All right. Tomorrow at eight a.m. Recording. United and then they play on the fourth at four p.m. My and birthday. then on the fifth at four p.m. My birthday party. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, Julio, Julio will tweet that out so that it gets to your <coughs> information um, tonight. Um, all right, all all on ESPN Plus, so you have to have an ESPN Plus subscription. But the if you want ESPN ESPN Plus, you should get it because it's it's dope. Um, all right, so last piece on the big three national news. Um, Bob Brantley, um, okay, so yesterday the um, Mets were playing, I believe, I believe they were in Arizona, um, playing the Diamondbacks. And Marcus Stroman um, decided to wear a do-rag underneath his hat, and he was pitching yesterday. No big deal. People wear do-rags. The purpose of a do-rag is to keep your hair down, um, especially for African-American people. With nappy hair, um, especially in humid places, um, the hair will, like anybody's hair, but more so for nappy hair, it it raises up and kind of gets all messy. So, African-American people like to wear do-rags to keep their hair down. It's pretty common. Everybody in this fucking, listening to this podcast definitely knows, especially if you're from Oakland. So, he wore it underneath his hat. He made a joke on the broadcast. Um, they brought it up and talked about it because it was kind of sticking out behind at the back of his hat. And he says, um, uh, that's an interesting do-rag he has there. A lot similar to the one that that, um, that Tom Seaver used to wear. I'm just like, wait, what? Um, it was kind of just an out-of-nowhere random joke. Um, I don't know if he fully realized what he the kind of joke that he was making. Maybe he was a little bit, you know... You know, broadcasters, there's a lot of time to fill in a baseball game, not a lot of action. You have to kind of have a lot of banter, so maybe he just thought it was a dumb joke. But that ignorance um, probably kind of shows a little piece of who he actually is. Um, it's not really – I haven't heard any uh, anything about punishment or anything for him, but there's no place in the game for that. Um, we, we, you've, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know how we feel. This is kind of a, it's kind of a woke podcast where we're not here for racism. Um, and it just was very frustrating 
and upsetting to see. I thought I didn't understand. I thought maybe Tom Seaver used to wear something under his hat, so I had to text Julio. Like, <laughs> Imagine if Tom Seaver actually did wear a do rag, and we were just like, <laughs> "Well, I, I mean, maybe he wore like he did it out no, or no, something." Yeah. So I was just like, "I was like, oh, maybe he's making a reference." So I was like, "Julio, can you like maybe give me some context, or is he just being racist?" And you're you're like, "He's just being racist." Um, yeah, it's it's a sticky. So he he came out and apologized immediately afterwards. And I'm going to look, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. Yeah, same. Um, I think this is more in lieu of. No, I know he apologized. The yeah, he apologized. Uh, Marcus Drum went off Twitter because, you know, Mar he's a very Marcus is the shit. I, if you don't follow him on Twitter, I think he's a great follow. He's very outspoken. He's a really fun personality there. Um, but like, you know, unfortunately, as a black man in, in baseball and especially in a position where I know we don't we don't have many black men as pitchers in baseball. He's African-American you know, men, not necessarily black. Yes. I, yes. I would say, yeah. Because there are a lot of Latin pitchers from, you know, Dominican or wherever. Thank you. Yes. Um, you know, he's had to kind of stick it for himself. So he tweeted onward and upward through all diversity and racist undertones. The climb continues through all. Uh, I, I think we're starting to get to the point now with something like this. People really just need to learn. But now when that, excuse me, when the one Reds announcer got fired, yo, well, because of what he was sitting on the air, yo, fuck that guy. Like, that's straight up terrible. He clearly but uses with, that word pretty freely, which is the yeah, problem. Yeah, that was a little different story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas with Bob Brandley, it just seems like he you know, was trying to be fun and cheeky, but in reality, it's like, hey, you can't really say those kind of things anymore. You never should have been able to say those things anymore, period. But, like, now's the time that um, you can't really do it. And actually, it's weird. You're, I actually had explained to somebody, who, they're like, hey, what was the big deal about this? And this is somebody who's actually, like, pretty, you know, left-oriented, for lack of better words. He's like, hey, I don't really get why this is a big deal. Like, imagine how I would have felt if somebody would have said, oh, yeah, Tom Seaver used to wear a sombrero under his hat. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. 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 Or, yeah or, or something like that. Like, that. that's... Even if you were trying to be funny, I'm like, what were you trying to say about that? That, that just doesn't seem right to me. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, this is a learning experience, and hopefully he's somebody that will kind of take this moment and really grow from it and learn from it. Yeah. Because if not, you bet your ass we're really going to roast him the next time he does something. Yeah. I don't he's never really had issues like this. I mean, the guy fucking lives in Arizona, like that's like Yeah. which California and Texas is like probably the second biggest country with like a heavy Mexican influence in it, like or country, sorry, state. Um with heavy Mexican influence in it, so it makes sense. I didn't know that he apologized, so now I know that I, because I, I kind of like had a feeling, which you know, which we talked about off air. Like, I don't know, maybe it's a little more innocent, ignorantly racist, or something like that. Which is, you know, that's still not okay, but you know, at least he like, you know, it's not like malicious intent, um, like <laughs> Myers Leonard. Um, but uh, <sighs> but so now and I then he, he got traded to sound, Oklahoma like City. It, yeah, sounds like it's genuine. So we'll see. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on him. 
former World Series manager, whatever that. If that and you know, it's, it, I was just every once in a while, I'll well because you know I play the show a lot, and that you do. Uh, I was playing a game against the Diamondbacks, and I was just looking at they have the the retired numbers. It's Luis Gonzalez, Luis Gonzalez Randy Johnson, um, Chilling? and then Jack Robinson. One? He is not. Uh, okay. But man, what an awesome team! Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, Tony Womack, Matt Williams, Craig Tony Womack, Craig Council, uh, Reggie Williams. Well, they're close. Steve was Finley, a young young Kim. Um, oh, who's their catcher? Catcher was sick. I they're, don't know who their catcher was. There were, it was just a, like a lot of like so Luis Gonzalez was like the star offensively, but that team was built around the two Roids. stud pitch. Well, yeah. Oh, former Oakland great Damian Miller was. The oh, catcher. interesting. Um, just but they had like a lot of really good role guys offensively, and then those pitchers were just dominant. I mean, those pitchers pitched in every single game. All right, huh. moving on. Also, one you know, there's or actually not. one or more we're person. Not moving no, on, no, 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 no. Has another fun fact. No, because it's a fun fact, because guess what? The freaking transition god over here is going to transition this shit like transition a mofo. God. Transition god. Uh, so, uh, we talked about Bob Brandley was the Spit it manager. Out, was the manager. Well, guess what? Who was a bench manager for that team? None other than the all-time wins leader in Oakland A's coaching history, Bob Melvin. Bob Bo Mel, baby. Bo, Bo, Bo Mel. What That'll happen when you manage a team for 10 years. <laughs> Wait, well, transition? Give me a grade. Come on. Give you a grade? Yeah. Well, how's that transition grade? Oh, that was top notch. That was top notch. There you go. Anyways, uh, yeah. I'll give, I'll give that one to you for sure. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Bob. We all knew this was coming this season, though. Um, we all knew that he... We, I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the season for, like, the preview. Like, it, you know, I I think that he will go down as the greatest Oakland A manager of all time, especially if he wins just one World Series because then he'll beat La Russa with that. But he's been the manager for 10 years. He's had an insane amount of success with nothing to work with. And he deserves a praise. I know Jessica Kleinschmidt did a big, like, tribute to him on the pregame show this today, which was pretty cool. If you want to check that out, I'm sure she posted the link of it. But, yeah. He's um, here's a, oh, I think, yeah, Bo Mel, I don't care what people say about him. He's an amazing manager. Like, mm -hmm. look, what you said, because here's the thing about La Russa was at the time La Russa was coaching when it was those three years, the, I know, three World Series appearances when he won. Roids. Um, Roids, yes. Roids and Coke, allegedly. Uh, but also, um, the highest payroll in baseball. Mm -hmm. Which people probably don't know that realize that at least people our age might not realize that. But they the Haas family was a different type of ownership, people. Yeah. And also the team across the bay was fucking terrible. So they saw well, an not opportunity. Eighty nine, but well, not an eighty nine. They were right. they were terrible yeah. enough. But they were historically terrible in the Bay Area to where it they saw an opportunity to where if they can put a good fun team on the field and they could take most of that crowd. You ask anybody who grew up in the late eighties, they'll tell you the team and the team in the Bay, the team was the A's. The giants were an afterthought, basically the opposite of what it is now. But yeah. I, I, so that kind of shows you that. Yeah. Larissa put all those wins, but look, look how much advantages he had. Yeah. And you know, Bo Mel 
consistently one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. He really just gets the best out of his guys. Um, and it was funny. So they did a post game last night with Tony Kemp, who absolute fuego. Love that man right now. But um, they, he, he said, time, buddy. We'll talk yeah, about he, that later. he said, uh, they're like, yeah, we were kind of slacking a little bit. And then uh, Bowmel got to the top steps and he like really went off on us kind of thing. They're like, and Bomo said after the game, he's like, you know, I don't, I'm not the kind of guy. I don't really, you know, because he's so mellow. Raw, raw like, kind of guy. He's like, I'm not that kind of man. You just, you know, every once in a while, it really means more when you do it. Like, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that just shows, like, the greatness of that guy. So, congrats, Bomel. Cheers to you, bud. Cheers, buddy. Look, hopefully you get many more wins than that big win in Oakland. Um, also, uh, I think what I like the most about Bomel's tenure is that when shit got tough like when the guys left he didn't jump ship which is what Larusa did when as soon as those his guy as soon as those guys those big names left he was fucking out of there and he went to St. Louis and did his thing there um and you know the lack of success in the postseason is what it is I would blame that on the front office more than I would him I think he's getting everything he can out of the guys he can so great sh- good shit any last things on Bob Melvin Great job. All right. And we're going to move on next to some more Dave Cavill news. I'm a little burnt out on talking about this, so we'll keep it quick, Julio. I He's picking fights on Twitter with with Bay Area media. I, it's just – it's a war you really don't want to get into. I mean, I don't know how, like, in you know, I, these are very intelligent writers and journalists. Um, specifically the people that he's kind of going after. Um, and we all know Tim Kalakami. We all know Tim Kalakami. TK loves to call out bullshit from the A's. So if you're going to post shit like that on Twitter, Dave, you better be ready because him, Marcus Thompson, those guys don't fuck around. And it's it's just been a brutal – it's been a brutal just slaughtering in social media, which has been interesting to watch. So if you didn't see if you're um if you're not on Twitter you're probably not seeing this because it's not really uh yeah posting articles about it. Uh, but uh, there was a series of tweets that were going around where there was an article coming out about uh just more stuff from the spo- uh, Sporting Green of of the SF Chronicle their sports section. Mm-hmm. Um. That we're more or less just kind of bashing this situation, which has been going on for a long time. Um, is it? But somebody said, Dave, find a way to further ahead of this $855 million thing. Too much lazy journalism happening. Glad to see KTVU figure out they actually put out like a pretty good piece about yeah. the, the back ends of it. He says, I wouldn't call it journalism. Those dollars only exist if we build a project. And Ben Ross, shout out to Ben Ross, big fan mm-hmm. of his. So now he's attacking local Former media and uh, Dave Cavill quote tweeted it saying uh, quote tweet is when you um, uh, you repurpose what that person said and put your own comment into it. But he said, do you think SF base media has been fair to our visionary project with the picture of Howard's terminal? Which he's not wrong at the end of the day. I don't know. Um, Marcus Marcus put out a really interesting piece this week um, in favor of Howard Terminal, um, talking about its flaws. But he wanted to like be in favor and kind of say like what good things 
it could bring. So I, I wouldn't, I mean, you know, that's just devil's advocate, but yeah. Um, yeah, because Marcus, uh, that Marcus piece is actually really insightful. If you're not subscribed to Athletic and you're just not getting an insight, like it's really great stuff. He brought up the point that like, look, he understands, you know, he's a lifelong Oakland resident. He's lived in West Oakland for a long time. And um, look, he understands the problems that that city is facing, like many problems around the country with other cities. And he's like, at the end of the day, what's really going to help boost that environment? What's really going to help or boost the economy there? What's going to help bring more people jobs is something at this grand of scale. And like, unless you can propose something at this big of a scale that, yeah, there's going to be some taxation behind it at that level, then you got to do it, especially right now when, you know, that region's really still suffering in the post COVID world or, and not post, you know what I mean? Marcus is two for two on stadium articles. It's, it's pretty good. Alex has been covering a lot too. I haven't seen her touch on this yet though. Maybe I th- she might've put something out this week, but I haven't read it. Um, she's been, but she's been great. If you don't follow Alex coffee, um, from the athletic, she's been really covering it. Like fucking, she's been so on top of it. It's been great. And she's not even I'll- from here. She just like that. She's just been doing the same amount of research. She's a New Yorker. She doesn't take shit. That's why. Yeah. yeah that's probably <laughs> what it is. That New York, um, that New Yorker attitude, man. I don't know, man. Uh, this is gonna, this is an ongoing story that's gonna keep going. It's gonna keep fucking, it, it's gonna keep being on our rundown, unfortunately. Um, but this is just the latest piece in it. I don't, I don't know if you have anything more to add to that, but I, I'm just burnt it, out on it. Yeah, Three if you're an Oakland resident, if you're, um, you know, make sure to get in contact with your city council members to make sure yeah. that they're gonna be voting yes on this. Uh, if you have any family members who don't aren't aware of this and that can who live in Oakland, make sure to make them to give that knowledge because like at the end of the day, um, it's like what Marshawn less what Marshawn said, you lost the Raiders, you lost the Warriors, you better not lose the A's. Alright, I'm out. On that note, we're gonna take a break, so stick around and we'll be right back. Did you see Cruella in in theaters? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it needs to be seen in theaters, or can I? Could you see it at home? Um, I, honestly, I don't really have like that movie doesn't interest me enough for me to want to go see it in theaters. No, but I think as you know, somebody who like you you work in film and you know you you studied film in, in college. I think yeah. you're you're really gonna appreciate like the set design of it. You're really gonna appreciate oh, the costuming yeah, yeah. of it. And um, Emma Stone fucking knocks it out. She's so good in it. I don't know, man. I, to be honest with you, I don't have much respect for for um, like sequels or like prequels, like all this stuff like that. In terms of like the in terms of like the costume and art direction, because you're you're basing it off of someone else's no, dude. Vision. So okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some of my pitches for you to help sell you on this movie a little bit more. Okay. Uh, the okay. director is, uh, I'm going to look up his name real quick while I talk to you about it. Uh, but Emma Stone's in it and yeah, she was that. fantastic. And that. Emma's and, and Emma Thomas is too. Yeah. Emma Thompson, but it's directed by Thompson's Craig Gillespie too. who also directed super underrated. I Tanya. Did yeah, you I see like why? I, t- I Tanya. I yeah. Like and then, um, he, then the, the, it's not really stylized though like this, but yeah. 
No, 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 of course not. But um, I believe one of the screenplay writers, yes, Tony McNamara, did also one of my other favorite underrated movies, The Favorite. Yeah, I know Tony McNamara. Yeah. yeah. Did you see The Favorite? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he wrote that. Wait. No, Emma I didn't Stone. see The Favorite. Oh, I didn't see The Favorite. Damn, Favorite's so good. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge Yorgos, whatever his name is. His movies are really weird and his acting is so like, um, like all of his movies are like this. They're so like, like monotone and, and weird. I don't know. I'm just, I've never been a huge No, the, hey, the favorite's really cheeky. Like the favorite's really, it's a really, really like, like scandalous movie. Hmm. That so being I've said. Re- so I've, I've been, I, I started watching WandaVision, which I finished. And I started watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. And when I'm watching it, I realize there's so many things that I forgot about the MCU. Because there's a lot of movies that I haven't watched in a while. Like Iron Man, Iron Man 2, um, Thor, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, and 2 actually. So I've been re-watching, I've been binging and re-watching the entire Marvel series. I'm actually pretty, I'm almost done. I'm on a, I'm on a Black Panther right now. Uh, favorites. What are your favorites? Uh, Iron Man One is just such a classic, man. I just you forget how fucking good that, and that really set like it really painted the general canvas for the entire world. So that one is so good. Um, Guardians One, probably that's my second. favorite. Yeah, probably close second. Um, just because it's so funny, and that I think I mean Iron Man movies are funny too, but they're like kind of like you know Robert Downey Jr. like quirky funny, whereas like Ga- Guardians is like legitimately like joke written like it like that movie I would consider a comedy as well. They got my dick message. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and uh, and Guardians two is actually like that too. And then uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, for sure. So far, so far. Winter Soldier is up there too. Winter Soldier, just like that crazy. I can't like, believe I forgot about that. Yeah, Winter, stuff. Winter Soldier, yes, one thousand percent, and that set the tone for like the Avengers. You know, right. before we go, go on, on, I got the one more movie plug. My movie of the year. Did you watch Mitchell's versus the Machines yet? I have not. So let's move I'm on. Uh, All right, let's go. Uh, um, so this segment's gonna be called "Fuck This Shit," where for one minute we bitch about something um, that, about the A's that's bothering us. So each of us is gonna do one minute. Um, and then we'll move on to the way too early trade deadline talk. Julio, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll start first. All right. Uh, oh, I'll go, no, go ahead and time me. Give me one minute on the clock. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have one minute. It's just pretty much a venting session and tell me when my one minute starts. All right. Tell now, me when you're ready. Count me down from three and I'm ready to go. Three, two, one. Frankie, 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 my man. What has happened to you? 2019, you were a borderline. You were going to be starting the All-Star game. You were looking like you were going to be getting a Cy Young favorite. And you got busted for PEDs, which, hey, you know, that happens. You want to advance your game? You got busted. Serve the time. You learn from it. But ever since then, man, we haven't seen that guy anymore. What the hell is going on? We've what's like your your ERA is over four or five. Um, you're starting to see the rest of your your rotation guys are starting to catch up and stay figuring things out, but you still can't. What's going on, man? Um, and you know we're the guy we're pushing that I think 
Frankie's going to be a fantastic option in the bullpen. I think him, once Jesus is ready to kind of come up, he's going to be your bullpen piece. But man, if you don't get your shit together, the bullpen's not even going to be an option. You're going to be sent out in a trade deadline. Do you want to finish that up, or is that it? I need more like time. Two seconds to finish it up. I yield my time. You what? I I yield my time. Oh, you yield your time. Okay. Yeah, man, I could not agree with you more, dude. I mean, he should though. So we're gonna get into this in this next segment because, like, all of my trade talk guys are pitchers. Um, some of them are starters. But just, let's just fucking move him to the bullpen. We need help in the bullpen anyway. There's not a lot of bullpen guys available, really, from what I'm seeing, um, that could really service us for what we need. Like, just fucking put him there and let's go get a starter. Anyway. All right. All right. Chris, let me know when you are ready, and I'll count you down from three. I'm ready. Three, two, one. Murph, bro, what the fuck? At the beginning of the season, I'm telling you, I was like this fucking close to buying a, a Kelly Green jersey of yours because I was like, this guy's the future of our team. He had an amazing rookie season. In my opinion, he was robbed of the rookie of the year last year. He looked like he was going to be the face of our team, especially with you know, some arbitration situation and contracts coming up with, with Matt Chapman and stuff like that. Um, he was great on both the defensive end and the offensive end. Say what you want about his average, you know, like he plays in Oakland, so he's not going to hit like 280 or anything like that. But if you can hit like 265 and up, I'm a happy camper. If you can hit like 20 something home runs, I'm a happy camper. But not only Julio is he not doing it on the offensive end, he's not doing it on the defensive end. That guy gives up so many pass balls, it's it's mind blowing. Today, yesterday, or yet today, or no, yesterday's game, he gave up two and one batter. Like, I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if he's lost confidence. I don't know if he's he's just like, it's something with his freak, freak injury. Or I'm almost done. Freak injury he had uh, in the offseason. But, dude, you got to get this shit together because you can still throw out guys, but you're hitting 209. You got five home runs. All right, the court of order, court of order. And you're giving up pass balls. All right. You're not wrong. I don't like, I, I, I'm not pushing you against that argument. But I, I think the biggest point to go against it is a sophomore slump. I've, we've seen too many sophomore slumps in the A's history that have just been, like, devastating. I don't think we can afford one at the catcher position. So, like, I don't give a shit. There's no excuse. Like, you got to be well, better. Thank, you know, and also, thankfully, I think RMS Garcia has actually filled in pretty solid overall. Lately, yeah. Lately, he's been, yeah, he's been pretty. Yeah, the first he, stint was bad, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel better? How do you feel? Like I feel like I finally got some grief. Like I, I and here's the biggest thing about our thing here. Like like Chris just said, he wants a Murph jersey. I thought Montas was going to be our Cy Young favorite last year. We're rooting for these guys, and that's why we're doing this. You got some tough love. Yeah, tough love, baby. Um. All right. So let's move on to the final segment. The way too early trade deadline talk. Um, I think it's pretty obvious the main need that we have, Julio. I don't know if you want to start with that or if you want to... I don't know. Where do you want to start with this? All so, minor pitchers. Okay, minor so pitchers. I actually wanted to start with the root on why we're talking about this. Uh, again, shameless plug for The Athletic. I feel like they should be paying us at some point. I don't think they do sponsors, but they'd be a lot cooler if they did. Uh, Melissa Lockhart nice and Alex Coffey had a joint 
um, article written with the Pirates beat writer, whose name escaped me off the top of my head. But they pretty much are talking about, hey, the A's need relievers. The Pirates actually have a pretty solid reliever available or right now in Richard Rodriguez. And they played a little trade deadline like, hey, what do you think it would take to get this guy? And they yeah. went through like a really fun solution of like, what would make sense? Because with someone like a team like the Pirates, who they're they're going to be at least three years away from contention, mm-hmm. um, it's no worth getting a guy who's in AAA right now. So like, okay, well, well, who do you have in Double A or high Single A that would be viable that could be ready in two three years? Um, so this is a specifically a trade offer for Richard Rodriguez. Is that what you're going for? Kind yeah. Of? So, um, so I understand. I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty much the reason with the trade and. They found like a pretty middle ground where they're like, okay, Rich Rodriguez for uh, a pitcher and then um, uh, Barrera. And it's like, okay, cool. We agree. That's a solid trade. Um, And that was kind of like an inspiration of this. I think that's – and the big reason why they did this in this article now was uh, it's the early bird gets the worm. You're better off trading for somebody within this next month than you are for tread deadline because guess what the price is going to shoot up yeah i mean pay either 75 cents on the dollar or 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 sorry pay uh you know equivalent dollar for dollar or, or maybe get a little value a dollar 50 uh, on the dollar as opposed to paying fucking you know overpaying for what you're doing that analogy i reverse that yeah 75 cents on a dollar instead of paying a dollar 50 for a dollar you know like let's let's get some worth out of this um that's an interesting um luis berea i'd be i'm so down for that <laughs> it would be a rental that's a thing but what like the thing we're missing is a is definitely of a lot of the things that we're missing with the bullpen is a closer because it the battle between Deekman and, and Trevino is you know we're 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 missing out on wins every every once in a while when one of them misses so we definitely could speed it up so my pitches for starting pitchers um I found some pretty interesting ones um uh that they're all rentals except for one so um, let's go ahead and separate this out real quick because we talked about this last night as well give mm-hmm. me your um, I've had a few beers trade for a starter. So like pretty much like it could be unrealistic and then give me your one that makes more sense. Oh, I forgot about that. And I don't have like an insane one. All mine are pretty reasonable. Okay. Okay. Go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm all ears. So, but okay. But my big one, my big blockbuster one is we need like a true closer, right? Ian Kennedy for Texas has been killing it this season, um, at the closer position. He is on an expiring contract um, this season. Let me just check that to be sure. Um, but he is on what I believe to be an expiring contract this year, so he would be a rental. So everything I was telling, like I was telling you about this last night, everything about this situation sucks because we paid ten million dollars to Ken to Ken. Sorry, Trevor Rosen. Kevin Rosenthal is a, a writer. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal to be our closer, and he's maybe gonna play a month or two for us if he comes back in time. So everything about this fucking sucks. And that's money that we could be giving to Marcus, who's probably going to start second base for the American League All-Star game. It's just like, yeah, everything about it's a total bummer, but this is what we got. This is what we have to deal with. So closer position is something that we have to figure out. Ian Kennedy is a free agent in 2022. He makes 
He's on a minor league deal. He's only he's 36 years old. That's weird. Um, he's on a minor league deal right now, so he's not getting paid very much. It doesn't have the number for me exactly right here. So it'd be a pretty cheap one, but realistically, we're gonna have to give up a prospect for that, which I'm fine with that. It's some, maybe a prospect, you know, kind of uh, on the middle end. I I would say like maybe a Luis Berea that might work. I don't necessarily know what their needs are right now, but. But uh, I think it'd be totally worth it because then we'll get some kind of stability in the bullpen. We know who our closer is, and then we can figure out what the roles are of Diekman and Trevino. Probably Diekman's a setup, and then Trevino's the guy, the seventh inning guy. That'd be great. Now, at least we have some clarity of what's going on back there instead of like shuffling around with these guys and trying to figure out who can go in and and who who how many innings are going to go and kind of what they're doing. The only rock we have right there down there right now is Petit. I love it. I, I like that. Somebody, I didn't think about that. I'm glad you mm-hmm. kind of looked it up because yeah, Ian Kennedy, I think he's on your team too. He's on your fantasy. What, Rosie? Yeah. He is yeah. On fantasy he's team. been rock solid out there and he's in, in Texas as their closer. Um, the weird thing is to me, like it seems like there's a trend going on in, in baseball that there's, there's only like a few teams, a few, let me rephrase this. There's only been a few um, like the top teams who have a consistent closer at this point, where a lot of the teams are kind of going to the more new school of closer by committee kind of thing. Like the Dodgers yeah. are doing it for a minute. Um, the I want to say the Rays are doing it right now because Nick Anderson's still out. And I don't really see the back of the pen being a big issue because at the end of the day, I, I still really love Deke Benitrovino. Um, I think to me, it's more of just burnout with those guys that, you know, so how much of that bullpen has been hurt. You, we brought it up last week where like, I don't think either of them expected to be the, the closer going into the season. And you're kind of working, you're, you're figuring your shit out more or less because like, think about it. Um, when you get a new job, it takes you roughly two to three months until you're really comfortable with it. When you really start understanding things. You know, these guys have been this this role for roughly two to three months at this point. So, like, I think if you don't see any progression with these guys over this next month, then you got to be like, all right, what's going on? We need to get a closer kind of thing. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who's going through a newish job right now. But um, with, but I love the Kennedy trait because, like, if, if anything, depth. That's what this team it, needs it, right now. It moves everybody down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, that, then we, then we, you know, like, then we're not burning out certain guys, you know? Because now, and then we kind of know who our long guys are. We know who our middle guys are. And we know who our end of the game guys are. Love it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump in with one of mine then. Cool. You're cool with it. So, I'm going to stay yeah. back there. Uh, I hope you didn't write this person down. I, I talked about it last night a little bit when we did our pre show. Uh, the bullpen's a problem, and I think something that we've been pretty, di- uh, for the lack of better words, disappointed in is the contributions of just our lefties out of the pen besides Diekman. And there's somebody that is on an expiring contract as well, is on a pretty cheap contract, and I think a lot of us would be really happy if this happened, and that is Sean Doolittle. Uh, Sean Doolittle is currently with the Cincinnati Reds. 
Um, he took off flat. He he was playing for a couple of games last year. Excuse me, and then he sat out the rest of the season just COVID. Um, well, his wife has a disease, and he didn't want to. Yeah, she's a she's a, a high. Away. She was high risk, so it wasn't yeah, uh, or is high risk. wasn't worth kind of putting through that. And uh, he got a pretty cheap deal this year. He's kind of coming off a, a rocky twenty nineteen. That even though the Nats won the World Series, he had a four. Um, I just had it in front of me. There we go. If I remember so correctly, he yeah, lost he had a, the closer role that year. He did, yes. Uh, yeah. He had over a four-year array. Last year, he had a 5.87. Uh, but this year with Cincinnati, keep in mind, playing half his games in Cincinnati, which is a, a hitter's park, he has a 3.6 ERA, which you got to take that. Um, he's 37 yeah. years old. He's, he's you know played some really major games in Oakland. He's been there. He's uh, The fans love him. Actually gave him a shout out when I was at I was at a Reds Dodgers game a few weeks ago. His and strikeout he, rate's still really good though. I mean, he has yeah. strikeouts in twenty two appearances. That's really good. Yeah, and uh, it was I, I can't remember if we talked about the story on this the pod, but I was at a Reds Dodgers game a few weeks ago, and uh, with the new Dodgers uh, re- renovations to the outfield, you can walk up to the bullpen like the mm-hmm. gate right there. And I walked up to him and he was warming up. I'm like, hey, Sean, you know we miss you in Oakland. Have a good season. He kind of gave me a wave and made my heart melt. This hat um, right here signed by him. Yeah. Like, dude, imagine how crazy Oakland would go if they bring him back. And be and, and it's not just because it's a fan favorite thing. Um, he's actually been pitching pretty well. He's on a cheap contract. And the Reds are in a really weird place that they're they're not far from contending. We, they were a playoff team last year. If Trevor Bauer was there, he got a, a Cy Young there. So maybe you can kind of give away one of these guys who – are um, maybe like a lower end triple A starter for him. So I'm thinking someone along the lines of Grant Holmes, where it seems like things are kind of falling that was the first off. Thing, person that came to mind. Yeah, for me. where you can kind of like the Reds are almost there. If you give them like maybe a four or five starter to help them out, that might be enough, and it would bring Do back to Oakland. To quote the great uh, Dick Callahan, Sean Do Little. Thank you for that. Um, I like that a lot. That'd be great. Um, for all those reasons, where do you think he would fit in? You think he'd be like a he probably a middle relief like before Trevino and Deakman? Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be more middle relief guy. I kind of picture him. Um, let's see how many innings he's pitched. He's pitched twenty two games. Uh, he's got he's pitched about nineteen innings. So I don't think he can be like yeah. the kind of workhorse role as. Yeah, as uh, Petitas, but I think definitely like if you're going to be in a and going up against like a lefty heavy lineup, cool. Sean's going to go out there and pitch you a couple innings, or he's going to pitch you an inning. And um, I think the biggest thing too is like it 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 would be a good jolt, and it it kind of goes back to something that we talked about in the past with this show is that uh, a big thing about this new guys they've been bringing in lately is they've come from. They win. They know what it takes to win. Mm. They've been a part of those teams, and Sean being a part of that 2019 Nationals that's, team will be a huge game changer. It's a fantastic point, actually. It's a fantastic point. I didn't even think about that. All right. I'm going to do mine all in a cluster because they're all starters. Um, and more or less, I'm we're all I'm the, the we're trying to get them for the all all the same reason. It's not like one for a certain thing. Michael Pineda, Minnesota, starting pitcher. Kyle Gibson, Texas. 
Matthew Boyd, Detroit. So Pineda and Boyd would be Reynolds. They are on uh, this is the last year of their contract, so they would be gone next year. Kyle Gibson is a free agent in 2023, so we'd have another year of him. Um, this goes back to what you said about Frankie. Move Frankie to the bullpen. He's not cutting it as a starter anymore. He has two good innings, and then he gets lit up. Um, and, like, every fifth start, he looks like the greatest pitcher in the history of baseball. But, like, I am not willing to risk, five, like, one start a month um, to get that. I'm just not willing to risk it. So let's get in a guy who they're not going to be an ace, but they're going to be a solid starting pitcher like the Tanner Roark deal that we did a couple years ago. Just a solid veteran ground guy to be in the middle middle of the rotation. Because to be honest with you, I was telling Julio this earlier today, might be a hot take. Sean is looking like an ace right now. I would feel comfortable with him going in starting a game one of an ALDS, ALCS World Series. I would feel good about um, sending in Chris Bassett game two. I would feel good about um, um, Jesus Lozardo pitching game three. But then when it comes to game four, not very confident in Cole Irvin. Game five, not very confident in Mike Fires, which it sounds like he's probably going to be out for the season, which is a bummer. But anyway, definitely not confident in Frankie to go out there for, for game four. Like, it's just like I, I, we need consistency. That's probably our biggest issue this season. And all these guys are consistently very above average, top, top of the rotation guys. Um, and I would be willing, especially after seeing what Cap does. And Cap, look, I love Cap, but I just don't think that he's quite ready for a playoff. He's a rookie at the end of the day, yeah. right? But he's a future building building block. So next year, he can get that opportunity. When if we get one of these guys, um, it's a rental. Seeing that Cap has been has panned out, and he's a really good pitcher, and probably going to be a cornerstone in the future of our rotation. We got AJ Puck coming around the corner. Hopefully, going to be healthy next year. If not, whatever. I would be willing to trade Dalton Jeffries, or um, so to kind of like the top of uh, of our uh, prospect pitching um, um, personnel. I'd be willing to trade Dalton Jeffries. I'd be willing to tra- and maybe package him with like Logan Davidson, or yeah, or Luis Barrett, depending on what they need in in the infield or in in their fielding. Um, we might have to throw another guy in there. Maybe a proven vet, depending on who it is. Minnesota would probably want a proven vet, but I would assume Texas and Detroit would want would want um, prospects in the higher end uh, or the upper um, minor leagues that are going to like kind of be ready to play soon. But um, yeah, so like maybe a Logan Davidson, Dalton Jeffries, and a Nick Allen. I mean, I'd, I'd be willing to give them Nick Allen too if they need more middle infield. Uh, ideally not, but you know, I'd be willing to do it. Or, or it's just like. Yeah, I think it could be it could help tr- tremendously, and I'd be willing to pay big money for it. Um, I really like the Kyle Gibson one. I just because we have another year with him. Yeah, but no. Well, yes, no, yes, and no. Yes, because I think like he's been fantastic. I think he's been really underrated this season in Texas, and there's not a lot of talk about him. One thousand percent. Yeah, uh, he's been excellent out there. If you, I know the, the Rangers don't have a lot going for them right now besides uh, Adelise Garcia and him. Um, he's definitely one of the guys you should check out. That being said, I, I I feel like this is the last year of this team's run, and I don't see this. If they're going to be running this team like they have been, 
I don't see them kind of wanting to hold on to somebody like him again for another year. Unless they want to f- keep that and then flip in the offseason kind of thing, like a, like what they did with Jeff Samarja all those years ago. So I was wrong. Matthew Boyd is actually a free agent in 2023, so he's another guy who's like that. Got it. And then Matthew Boyd, I think he's going to be sticking in that rotation for a bit. I really like I, he's awesome. He's had a really fantastic year this year. He's really come back after like a shaky 2020. Um, but I think the Ray or the race, the Tigers are going to stick with him because like he's still relatively young. Um, yeah. They're I think they're not too far away from being a contending team again, probably like another couple of years. But Michael Pineda, yes, absolutely. I think he's somebody who could really be a big game changer. His best year ever was in 2011 when he was a rookie in Seattle. And guess what? Pitchers Park, he thrived. He became an all-star. And he never, in all these years of pitching New York, he never became that guy. And he seems like the most logical. And like the, you could probably kind of go along the lines of like a Doolittle trade I was mentioning where like you can probably get away with giving away a, a back-end triple-A starter for him. You're like, right. Kyle, Kyle Gibson would probably be a little bit more money. Uh, or a little bit more to give up. But you do make a good point, though, Julio. Um, uh, if they are going to hit the reset button this offseason, which, cross my fingers, I hope they don't, that is an asset that they could use to get more prospects to a contending team. Like, let's say a team that cut it, like just comes up a little bit short this year has a terrible rotation. Cough, cough. <laughs> the Yankees. Um, if they end up cut, if they end up just, you know, coming up a little bit short, they could use some some real starting pitching. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move on to my next. These next two guys are going to be a little illogical to say the better. I was going to say, of, you're going to move on to your next one. You, you, I, I'm, I'm, I put all, I clumped all my last ones together. So all right. You, I'm going to cut okay. you have the floor for the rest of the segment. So fantastic. Well, this is my, uh, official. I've had a few another. beers. Boom, boom, this boom. is my official. I've had a few beers here, right? Sponsored yeah. by uh, modern times, modern beer. times beer. Yep. Uh, Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman is going to be a pending free agent in the offseason. He is shit. I want to I bring Trevor Story, too. Uh, look, I know a lot of... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, a lot of beat writers, a lot of people like, oh, they're ready to go after But guess what? Dude, Elvis Andrews is hitting over 300 in his last... You know, maybe they're just going to throw him in the pot there. But honestly, I really love Elvis. He's really kind of clung to me. But anyways, uh, Charlie Blackman's going to be a pending free agent. I think where something this team needs that is just at least in the outfield area besides, you know, Mark Canna is an, an on-base machine. Uh, Ramon is, you know, what you're going to get out of him. But I think if you really want to be a serious contender in the AL, I think you need one more guy who's really going to compliment them well. And Charlie Blackman would be a fantastic piece. He's going to be a pending free agent as well. Uh, he's going to be turning 35 and... You know, I don't know what his numbers are outside of Coors Field, but like the guy is most of his career has just been a hitter. He just hits, 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 hits. Uh, yeah. I love Stephen Piscotti. I think you know, obviously, he means so much to the organization and to this, the East Bay for everything he's done for ALS awareness. With um, you know, obviously, it was Luke Gehrig's day, so we're going to acknowledge that. But I, I, it's just, it's just so hard to depend on him right now to be a consistent hitter where like you kind of have to be aware like this might be it for this team and going out there and acquiring somebody like charlie blackman a career 301 hitter or 302 hitter i'm sorry to be your everyday right fielder piscotti can come in and fill in the days off or he can come be a dh i think that might be a better role for him 
um, in terms of what this is going to take. This kind of brings in the guy I was talking shit about earlier with Frankie. Can Montas. I ask you a question before you do that? Yes. Oh, oh, you're part of the. D okay, sorry. I thought you were moving on to the next guy. No, 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 no. Yeah, sorry. I think part of the part of the trade. Got it. Um, I think Frankie would be a part of this deal. We'll see how Frankie's going to do this weekend because he's going to be pitching Colorado, but he, that might be one of the places he might thrive a little bit because he relies a lot on his swing and miss stuff, just yeah. because he throws like a high nineties fastball and he's got that splitter going and. That might benefit him. And then um, you would probably have to give up one to hire, so probably like a Luis Berea. So like Frankie Brontaz, Luis Berea would probably be a part of that trade and maybe one more piece. I'm trying to think of outfielders that um, in our system, I think Luis Berea is the, the top outfielder prospect, if I remember correctly. Ah, oh, damn, I lost the pitch. It doesn't matter. Um, I like that a lot. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if Charlie Blackman would be willing to play right field. So then you're no, he's a right fielder. Oh, I thought he was a center fielder. No, I. I, I have, did they move? Have they moved him to right the past few years? Because he used to be a center fielder. I think as he's gotten older, because what's his name, Tapia, play center. Yeah, his his steals have gone down. I think he's definitely lost a step. Um, steals have gone down a lot, actually. Yeah, uh, it says he's. It has him listed as center. Um. But I like Tapio plays center consistently. They have him listed as an outfielder, but he seems like I'm one of those at, guys. I'm looking at games by position right now, um, and he is at yeah, he's pretty split. He's split right down the middle, right field and outfield, 47 games. So he probably plays half the field, half the game in right or center, half the game in right. You know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. And my so yeah, I think he would be fantastic. Um, he's somebody you could easily put him anywhere in the lineup and he's going to be productive. And, um, it's weird. You know, we were kind of clamoring for some middle infield depth for the longest time, but it seems like when Pinder came back, Tony Kemp started hitting again. Jed's kind of falling in a lull, but he's there. And then Elvis has been on fire as well. So like, you're right. Right field. Problem solved. He started every game in right field. He hasn't played a single game in center field. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. And, uh, my last piece and uh, this is definitely a, a I've had a few beers moment here. Max Another Scherzer. One. Max Scherzer. He's going to be free agent. Yeah, fucking the, right. Yeah, this isn't going to happen. But this, here's my pipe dream. We don't need to talk about it a lot. Uh, Max Scherzer is going to be a free agent. The be Arguably the best pitcher of this last decade. Um, and this is somebody who's going to be in a, it's going to be an arms race to get this guy. But I swear to God, if you got Max Scherzer in a rotation with Chris Bassett, Sean Mania, Jesus Lazardo in a four-game series. That's a like that's a potent like that's a World Series team. Like, Dirty, uh, dude. Yeah, and if you Dirty. can get like one more one more bullpen guy, like that's it. That's he is somebody that we've been like clamoring for to have. You know, so we're not going to talk about John Lester. What do we have to give up to get him? What do we have to now, give up to get him? No, this is a different level. John Lester was top tier pitcher, but this is the top tier pitcher. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to give up a lot. I think Frank, Frankie, you're gonna have to give up some guys who are major league ready right now. Which one I think for sure would be Frankie, and I think the Nats have actually really. The Nats are a fantastic organization where they're gonna be able to help him out and fix whatever problems he does have. Um, but you're gonna have to give up some high prospect guys. To be honest, you know, Tyler Soderstrom, CM man, like you're probably gonna have to piece out with him, and then AJ Puck might have to be in that. It may be AJ Puck, 
But at the end of the day, with those guys. Yeah. And at the end of the day, man, um, this might be it. Bowmel's contract is also expiring at the end of the year. Um, Didn't he sign an extension a couple? No, this is this is this might be the last year for him as well. Canna is going to be a free agent. Um, This might be all in for this team. So if you're if this is really going to be it, then why not just put in all your chips at the table and just kind of because like look, Tyler Soderstrom has been fantastic playing in single A right now, but the odds are he's going to have to change position because Murph is up. And we'll see how that happens. And I've, and the Nats are ready to win right now. Like next year, they can easily come back and win the East. They're in last right now, and they could still f- turn things around. Who knows? But if they don't, um, I think David Forrest and Billy Bean should be calling them and saying, like, yo, here's what we want for Scherzer. We want us to win us the World Series. So Jesse asked me this qu- My buddy Jesse asked me this question the other day. Well, let me ask you this. So. He was talking with his buddy, his friend, and um, this era, um, and we're considering it from two, basically 2010 to late 2000s slash 2010 to now. The best left-handed pitcher of the of the of this current era, Clayton Kershaw. Who do you would you say is the best right-handed pitcher? I debated between. Basically, two guys, one of them being Scherzer. Is it the Verlander? Yeah, Scherzer. That's I think I we, we've so talked I said about Scherzer this. Scherzer yeah. because he won a one. He won a World Series legitimately. Two, there's never really he's never really had a downward slope. He's always been consistently one of the top five best pitchers in the league. Um, and yeah, and it's funny because they both came from the same place in Detroit. But yeah, actually, he came from Arizona or started in Arizona. Uh, but also in the last decade, he's won three yes, three Cy Young awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I, it's not gonna happen. No, but I think it, they're scarred. I think I think Billy's definitely scarred from Lester because that team was the World Series favorite that year until that Lester trade. <laughs> but if he did, it'd be pretty cool. And I would buy a Max Scherzer A's jersey and I will hang it right there for our podcast. I wonder if Max Scherzer has a pickoff move. Sorry, I'm bringing up old wounds. I had to make a joke about it. All right, let's finish up the pod, Julio. Or wait, do you have another one? No, that was it. Oh, um, that was your last one. I, I just hope they're going to be aggressive. I think they really need to be aggressive, especially with like, yeah, this might be it kind of thing. Yeah, and really think about how they can maneuver their roster to get the best. Um yeah, and um, you know, I, at least they got a couple wins in the series without Ramon, so that makes me a little bit happy. But yeah, all right. Um, upcoming schedule this week, folks. We are going to Colorado, as Julio said about two minutes ago. Um, playing the Rockies this weekend, and then we got the Diamondbacks for two game series. At the beginning of next, that will be back home. Um, I don't know, man. I, I would go into these series being super confident if you asked me two weeks ago, but like the way they've been playing this past week, I'm fucking worried. And so losing there, Le- Ramon, who's been our best player this season. So there's something I actually wanted to bring up, and I'm glad you said you've said you've kind of voiced your concern about how they've been playing lately. And it's the reason why we did fuck this shit this episode. Yeah, and the, yeah, so and there's bad. a couple yeah, there's a couple things I think we need to be aware of before we kind of like because I was kind of on the bridge. Or I was on the ledge kind of like talking myself out of this. On the bridge about to jump off. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? But um, 
They've just finished 16 days in a row of games. Like Fantastic. a lot. Yeah. And like they've, they've been traveling, you know, they've, they went to Seattle and to Anaheim, the way back in the barrier. Like, even though like still 16 days in a row where there's no break in between travel, tiresome. And, um, it's June for some reason, like historically throughout this bull mail run, <clears throat> they just start tearing it up in June consistently. And even throughout sure. the lull, and it's interesting kind of hearing, um, I was listening to, uh, today. I was listening to the game mostly through the radio broadcast and it was interesting to hear, you know, may felt like the worst month. May felt to- so terrible. They still finish above 500. So you got two consecutive months over 500. Really? Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, right. dude, you'll take it. Like, how, you know, not many teams can say consistently they finished over 500 in over a month span. Um, but I, I feel pretty optimistic, man. Like, uh, the, especially after tonight, seeing how Sean pitched, seeing how the offense really started clicking again, especially after last night, too. Like, something about the turning over of the calendar really changes things a lot, not just, you know, with people, but especially with this team. Something happens with them when they turn the calendar. They really take on a whole nother life. So uh, my hope is for this next week, like, just tear the shit out of the ball in Colorado and, you know, take advantage of some bad pitching from Arizona next week. So when Delkin threw off of um, a mound. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yesterday. So that's looking good. It looks like fires are done for the season. They don't even have an update on what the fuck he's doing. Um, so maybe we'll be seeing him back soon. But yeah, I mean, Loriano going to the IL is brutal. Um, I I would imagine we see Pinder in the outfield a lot more in the next few days. Although Seth Brown's been good, but I mean, Pinder's Chad Pinder. Um, uh, I just, it just worries me. I don't know. I mean, we really Chappie needs to really figure it out. I don't know if it's the injury, the hip injury, that's like really bugging his swing. But we could really use, you know, top ten MLB player Matt Chapman right now. <laughs> like we could really use them. You know, and Mitch Moreland's been hitting better, which is really nice. Elvis has been hitting better, which is really great. Canna's still consistently being Mark Canna. So, like, guys are definitely stepping it up a little bit, but, like, our two stars, like, Olsen's kind of been taking a step back, which is fr- frustrating, and then Chapman's been underwhelming all season. Um, Yeah, which, like, historically, Chappie's been a, a streaky dude. Yeah, and, um, he does. So, like, you know, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt with that, but uh, I beg to disagree with Olsen. I think he's been really killing it lately. He's not going to be my guy I'm going to acknowledge this week, but I think he's... Um, you know, when I don't want to, I don't want to get too close to that. Yeah. yeah, Don't, don't, he's, he's handsome. Don't talk about my handsome boy like that. But, uh, but, uh, you know, like when all-star nods start coming around, I think he's probably going to be the guy to rep the team in, in Colorado. Really? Over Mania? Yeah. Like, uh, Hmm. I think he's not going to start. He's not going to be the starting first baseman. That's going to be Vladdy. But, um. I think, yeah, I don't see why he shouldn't be the number two. He does have 15 home runs. Like, he's, what, second in the American League and, like, what, fifth in the the total league? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Julio, who's your player of the week? Welcome back, Jesus Lizardo. Mm. Man, what a return back. Um, Even though it was in the pen, he really kind of was lights on this last week. 
Uh, he pitched. He only pitched four innings, but despite that, he, he seven strikeouts in four innings. He only gave he up began one the walk. comeback yesterday, bro. Yeah, he only gave up one walk, two hits. He got a win yesterday. Huge. He's um, he really looks like he's getting his confidence back on the mound again, and it's so exciting to see that. He maybe this last month is really kind of weighed down on him. Um, the fat like the fastball was really getting high up there. He was being accurate. That he was being decisive with this curveball. Um, I hope this is just the start of things that come with them because he looked he's looked excellent out of the pen, and uh, you know we got we got to celebrate that a bit. So he's this Lizardo. We're play of the week, baby. Yeah, I like the team. The offense kind of like rallied around his just domination yesterday when he came in, and like they were down four to zero. Like there's not really much to really be like positive about and getting the late innings, and he started just like dealing, and the guys really just kind of rallied around it. And like you know, you don't want to say pitching is part offense but when you're pitching like that it kind of is man it's like it's contagious you're just like you're in the zone and you're ready to just fucking go um so i like that pick mine is gonna be look man when you pitch a complete game shutout only allow four hits you get my player of the week sean Manaya. like i said he's gonna be he has been our ace i feel comfortable going into a um a playoff series with him leading off game one Eight strikeouts. He's got a 3.36 ERA on the season. Consistently, like he had a bad outing last outing. Major comeback this this past outing. Four and two record. He will be our All Star, Julio. That's who I'm saying is is. If there's he, only one, there might there. I mean, we are in first place, so we probably should get a couple. So we'll see. But he's my guy. I think it would have been if if Ramon was going to be healthy. I think it would have been like Ramon Ollie. And I thought you, you when you said complete camp shutout, I was like, Bassett. I'm like, oh, that's right. Manaya happened too. Yeah, it happened right in front of our eyes while we were yeah. on this podcast. Exciting. Um, uh, yeah, no, Ramon would have gotten, definitely would have gotten. Hopefully he still um, can. Hopefully he comes back soon enough where he can go on a tear. I mean, he's only on 10-day DL, so we'll see. It's strained, but whatever. All right, Julio, your essential tailgate tool of the week last week was Seth Brown, two for 22. <sighs> <laughs> Nine strikeouts. I'm on a well, I'm on a cold streak with this uh, tailgate tool, man. You are, but I'm on a hot streak. Cam Bedrosian, baby, two, um, two and a third's innings, only gave up three hits, no earned runs. That's my guy. I told you he would be an important piece of the bullpen this next coming week, and he came in some well. Yesterday he came in the beginning, but the inning before that, or the game before that, not so much. But you get what I'm saying. It was a blowout, and he just kind of. But anyway, he's been good. Reason to keep him around. Absolutely, and that's the biggest thing. And it's depth. We need depth. Exactly. All right, who's your ETT this week? I'm nervous because, like, I'm not. I'm on a cold streak. But you know okay. what? It's going down. I'm yelling Pinder. In the DMs? Oh. No. Pinder. Um, yeah, Chad Pinder, especially with Ramon Dude, out. He's gonna be yeah, he's gonna be so crucial with Ramon out. Yeah, with sure. Ramon being out, um, no DH as well. I think they're definitely gonna give Jed some additional days off when he needs it. Um I know I know Chappie, who knows how he's feeling with his hip. Elvis had like a weird uh not really he didn't get injured tonight, but he had like kind of a weird fall. And um of course, you know, Piscotty, we know we're going to get out of him. I, I'm hoping that Pinder is really going to start 
showing that power, man, especially going against in Colorado and going against a bad rotation in Arizona. He's really going to show that Pinder power. So this week I am swiping right on Pinder. He did not play today, so I would imagine we'll probably see him tomorrow. Um, nice. I dig it. I dig that for sure. All right, I'm going with Mitch Mitchy Two Bags. You will probably see him hit in the lineup every single game this coming week. Um, with Ramon out, it moves everybody down in the lineup. So he's been hitting fourth. You will hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to stop you for a second. If he's going to be hit, like, where is he going to be playing? There's no DH. Oh, that's a good point. We're playing two national teams. Even though, think about that. According to MLB The Show, he is left field eligible, but like. No way in shit he's going to be out there. Um, about that. He's on a hot streak too, but Olsen I know. Before today. That and you're, and you're, you're not going to... Right. Huh? Put Olsen in right. O- Olsen is also outfield eligible. No, I know. Get weird. Why not? Screw outfield. it. All right, well, then I'm going to switch it to Jed Lowry because with Ramon out, everybody anyway, it, I mean, it's still... He's not been playing well. That's why I didn't want to... It was between those two. He's hitting 241 right now. Uh, Jed's got to get it back, especially with Ramon out. Like the top of that lineup, everybody moves down one, so he's he's gonna or everybody moves up one, so he's got to really step it up at that two hole. Um, although I think he's been hitting two. I think Ramon's been hitting three, right? And then Olsen hits four. Yeah, this is extremely important. Oh God, who's gonna hit fourth now? Oh man, this National League lineup is gonna be a fucking mess, bro. Then you what? You put Murph at four? Put Kemp four. Why not? He's, got He's been hot. Runs. Man, this sucks. I'm not so confident going into these series anymore. No, well, no, no. Air, well, the, the Houston series. Maybe or the you Houston. could put Elvis Andrus, who's been hitting well, at two, and then you could put Lowry at three. Or Bo Elvis Mel, at three. He does, like, lo- he loves rewarding guys for hitting hot, so that could yeah. be a possibility. All right, well, I'm going to go with Lowry, and I don't feel very confident about it because – you, you got me. You, you threw a curveball at me, and I didn't realize it. So let's just go with Lowry. Boom. Type yeah, it up yeah. there, Julio. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, God. All right. We're ending the podcast on a negative note, but it is it is what it is. For me, not for you. I like your pick a lot. I'm happy about it. <laughs> All right. Don't rub it in. Uh, any last any last things to say before we, uh, we end it for the Ace fans out there? Um... Not really. Brush but your teeth. Brush your teeth. Yeah, make sure to, to brush your teeth, wash your face twice a day. Use the um, body system. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, it's June, so we just got that out there, man. Happy Pride Month. Celebrating all of our loved ones and everybody else in the LGBTQ plus community. The A's are doing a Pride Night next Friday. I wish I could go. They're giving away a, a rainbow rally towel, which sounds awesome. So if any of our lovely listeners... Get an extra and are more than willing to send one out to one of us. I will gladly hang it amongst the rest of my A's. uh, Stuff. Stuff. Hold on. Hold on. I got a quote for you. Behold my stuff. (laughs) These are my guns, Dez and Troy. And destroy, and together they are destroy. Uh, that movie is like underrated. Ragnarok funny. is so awesome. Um, hey, mate. 
Also, my birthday is on Friday. So it's my birthday. Everybody, every, everybody wish me a happy birthday. It's my birthday. Does he say that in right now? Yeah, because when they're driving Jeff Goldblum's plane, and the oh, yeah. this week, he's like, it's my birthday. The orgy plane. All right. Well, it's actually my birthday, so wish Go watch Thor Ragnarok. Ah, oh, God, I've been wanting to rewatch that again. I just watched it. I know, I'm uh, telling to the audience. It's a fucking oh, yeah, go watch awesome it, go movie. Watch it. It's such a good movie. All right, that'll do it for Town Tailgate this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please go follow, subscribe, rate, review. Tell us what you think. If you just want to just talk to us and be like, hey, man, like that's a cool Steph Curry jersey on the back of your wall. I'll be like, thanks, bro. Hey, man. Appreciate it. And then, uh, and then let, uh, let, uh, sorry, Julio's waiting for me to, 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 to do, to end the pod. But also, um, don't forget to follow the Around the Diamond, um, uh, podcast network. We are a member of the Around the Diamond podcast network where we fuck shit up there. Um, last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.